before we get started, I wanted to let you know I'm putting together a special episode on parenting during the pandemic. So if you're a parent, I would love to hear your stories of what this pandemic has been like at your house. Please record your thoughts on a smartphone and email them to me at transmissiontimes at gmail.com. Feel free to talk about anything you like around your kids and parenting and the pandemic. And don't worry about making mistakes. I'll edit those out. Just speak from the heart. Thank you so much. Now, on to the show. This is the Transmission Times. I talked to somebody the other day, and somebody she knew, her son died during this lockdown of a brain. I'm not sure how it's called. It's not a heart attack. It's when a blood vessel ruptures in your head. And he was 29, and he had this, I'm going to call it aneurysm, and he was passed on from one hospital to the other for seven hours because they kind of didn't know if he tested positive for corona or not and like it was like bad decisions and he died so many people are actually dying because they don't get the medical care they need. And that's kind of messed up. Sadly, we've had a staff death in my psychiatric hospital, the only one we've had. Some part of my role is supporting staff with that. And people spoke about how losing a colleague really made it seem more real and brought things home to them. And people have spoken about work being like a family and then it's like you've lost somebody in your family yeah when you hear these types of stories you remember that there are so many layers to something like this especially something so big and global as this pandemic it's one of the things that's so hard about right now it's just feeling like i have no idea when this is gonna end how we even know it ends it feels like it's just going to peter out, and then where's the end? I mean, masks and keeping distance and quarantine, I just can only assume that all of these things are going to just be more omnipresent, at least for a few years. I bet the shadow of this pandemic will last for the rest of my lifetime anyway. Last week I finally... Went up to Wisconsin. It was my first time out of the city of Evanston in three months. That's crazy. But I went up to my favorite cafe in Lake Geneva. Thought I'd see what the deal was. First time eating out in three months as well. And this cafe had protocols in place and I felt very comfortable there. And everyone was very, very aware, very careful of, of everything. After my meal, I went down to the lake to see what was going on. There was a beach there, and there's a path that goes all the way around the lake. And the beach was so crowded. This was on a Wednesday afternoon. Kids are going to the beach. Families are going to the beach. I get it. It's been a long three months, but uh, you know, no one's wearing masks, so... It feels like there's less COVID-19 around, which is fabulous. And 
much less in my hospital, my psychiatric hospital, which is great. Unfortunately, we now have to wear even more PPE at work. So now we are going to have to wear goggles as well as masks at work, which is all very hot in this weather and really difficult for staff who have to be on the wards all day long. It's so that the hospital can run so that if someone's identified as COVID positive, we don't then have to send all the staff home to self-isolate and shut the ward. So it seems that life is drifting into a more normal way of living again. I went to visit my family on Sunday and more people are gathering in the park. So there's quite a lot of movement, quite a lot of people, people cycling. So it seems to be getting back to normal. The children are back at school and nursery, which is fabulous. And we're making the most of it because it'll be school holidays soon and also the whole school will be back from July for three weeks, which I think is a good idea to give all the children equal opportunity to go to school, which means that our son will go down to two days. So a bit more challenging for us, but it's just how it is. On Friday, I helped my son move house by letting him fill my car up with the things he couldn't fit into the van. I kept having to remind myself to keep the two metre distance, but it was just so easy to forget. We went and picked strawberries on Saturday, which was lovely. And then also a challenge because they had some playground equipment out. So it feels like getting out of lockdown is a bit tricky. You've got to still look out for those areas of potential risk or danger and think about how to manage them. The knitting project in my local village is going really well. I've got nine knitters who are really excited about the project and developing a map of the village. They're such a talented bunch of knitters and the buildings they're producing are just beautiful. Normally a knitting group would meet maybe once a week, fortnight or once a month. But of course this hasn't been possible due to our lockdown. But we've all said now that we'd really like to meet up. So depending on what our government has to say, I'm hoping that we might actually be able to get together to meet in a local park and so we can have a proper discussion about where we're going next and just generally have a really good get-together and a natter. And I'll be making cake for that, that's for certain. And our focus now is thinking about holidays and what kind of holidays are possible. So we're investigating campsites. The campsite we were booked into, you have to have your own toilet, which we don't have because we were going in a tent. Other campsites are full, so that's the main focus, is having something to look forward to, really. At the back of my mind is the worry that there will be a second wave of this virus on its way soon. I do fear for my parents' health and safety. They're in the state of Wisconsin, which is a little loosier goosier, I think, than Illinois has been. My parents have been going out several times a week to run errands and whatnot, and my mom is very good about wearing her mask and gloves, but, you know... Not everyone else is. It's kind of where the germs come from. They come from other people. It's great. She's on top of her own thing, but uh, her own safety is kind of determined by what others are doing. When I thought about the question, what I feared the most, one answer that came up was that nothing will change. And another answer was that I fear change itself. What I fear most about the situation right now is that a COVID-19 vaccine 
will become mandatory to basically live in our society. I have a child who's landed in the hospital three times after vaccines and he can't have them. And the laws around this in my state have been getting really tighter and tighter and less options for people to get an exemption. I have a gene mutation that makes it difficult for me to detox from the vaccines, from the aluminum and the mercury and the polysorbate 80 and the genetic material from other animals or from other humans. I have a hard time detoxing from all of that stuff. That is why I have chronic allergies, chronic infections for autoimmune diseases, ADHD. I can't take any more vaccines. Another thing I fear is that we go back to the way things were prior to George Floyd. I know I'm going through personal awakening and feeling huge shifts in myself. I'm trying to make the most of those shifts and it's been a pretty eye-opening process. I remember several years ago when I was first starting to ride motorcycles I had a little Kawasaki and there was this black girl that came down my street. She rode a bright blue Suzuki and she'd go down to the next block and meet up with her white girlfriend and they'd walk the dog and they'd go past the house and we'd say hi and I started calling her Suzuki. She started calling me Kawasaki. I learned her name later but we still called each other Suzuki and Kawasaki and I remember one time I was sitting in the backyard with a neighbor who was white and Suzuki came by she didn't have a friend with her. She didn't have a motorcycle, but she just waved. And then she asked something about some plants in my garden. And she kind of came into the backyard and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on, come on in. You know, I'm just taking a break from gardening. Offered her a seat at a table where my white neighbor and I were sitting. And as Suzuki <laughs> sat down, my neighbor just got up and left. I was embarrassed and horrified that she did that. It was bizarre. I think once people make a shift in themselves, it's hard to go back, you know, once you're awake. In many different aspects of your life, you can't go back. There's just no way. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Catherine, Megan, Sue, Diane, Sandy, and Christina, whose voices are coming to you from Maine, California, Arizona, Illinois, the UK, and Romania. For the last 14 weeks, the Transmission Times Project has been collecting audio diaries from people around the world. But there are many stories that we haven't heard, and we would love to include them. If you have a story you would like to share with the Transmission Times Project, we would love to hear from you. All stories will be kept for the Transmission Times archive, and as many as possible will be included on the podcast. 
There are two ways to get your story to us. One is record on your smartphone and email it to us at transmissiontimes at gmail.com. The other is for you to call our phone number, 847-354-4163, and leave your story for us as a voicemail. More details, plus that email and the phone number, can be found at our website, transmissiontimes.org slash join. Thank you so much. Where we've all been.